acknowledging that what we're working towards is unity. We're not working to make to, to, to make everybody like us. We're, we're attempting to realize that there's so much that unites us anyway. I am Lawrence Payne, a proud graduate of the University of St. Thomas, class of 1972. Please join us each week for a wonderful program here at Mac Studios from our campus, entitled For Such a Time as This. Each week we examine with our guests the social, economic, spiritual, and emotional issues that we face as human beings. Our discussions are rooted in unconditional love. We look at the two feet of Catholic social teaching, charity, and justice. Please join us here for Mac Studio for such a time as this. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful campus of the University of St. Thomas. I'm Lawrence Payne, your host for this wonderful segment of Such for Such a Time as This, for Such a Time as This, where we look at every week or every other week great topics and subjects and people who are exploring things and doing things in the greater Houston area, directly tied, directly or indirectly, to the work that we're doing here at the University of St. Thomas and the Catholic Church, but more importantly, the whole general sense of who we are as a people, as humanity and how we understand our relationships to each other as we all try to traverse through this world and grow and learn and develop as people of God and children of grace. I am so happy and proud to have joined me today uh, someone I can feel, consider a very special person, a very special friend, uh, a very special priest uh, in my life, uh, and that is none other than my pastor from St. Teresa's Catholic Church Memorial Park, uh, Father Phil Lloyd. Welcome, Father Phil. Well, thank you, Larry. That's a nice introduction. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you and your contribution to what happens here at St. Teresa. Um, maybe a little about myself? Yes, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. We want to, definitely want our audience to know. Okay, I've been a priest for 43 years. I've been in the Archdiocese of uh, galveston Houston for 20, and for the last 15 here at St. Teresa's in Memorial Park. I was ordained in the UK. Um, I belong to a diocese called the, uh, the Diocese of Shrewsbury, which was very, very rural. It was rural, rural Shropshire with lots of uh, lovely fields and lots of lovely remains of monasteries and but the diocese also contains South Liverpool and South Manchester, which is much more built up, um, industrial, um, very urban areas. And so I, that's where I spent most of my time, not in briefly lean pastures. And I was there for 10 years. And you were stationed when you first came here. Which parish, Father? I was in St. Vincent de Paul in, uh, near the medical centre with Monsignor Jamail. Who was the fan? He was the pastor who had worked for Catholic charities. So I learned a lot about uh, the parish from him. And so he was very much interested in social justice and social concerns. And he was very involved in, with Catholic charities, in welcoming the Vietnamese boat people to the diocese. And as you know, uh, the Vietnamese community have made a tremendous um, impression on the diocese and on the city. Uh, he, he was taken ill shortly after I came, so that was 
a real taste of what it's like to be in a parish where people are very active, very loving of their pastor and their priests, uh, caring for their parish. And so I got to know a lot of people during those times and particularly how parishes work in the States in England. We're not a very rich church. And so I say to people, the only paid people we've had um, when I was working in the church in England was somebody to come in and do the bulletin once a week for about three hours. <laughs> so there were no youth ministers or um, ministers of matrimony to come and prepare people. So it all sort of fell on the pastor, but with active members in the community taking pride and uh, real joy in sharing the mission of Jesus. I, uh, after St. Vincent's, I spent three years in a very, very large parish, St. Lawrence in Sugarland, which has a tremendously active pastor, Father Drew Wood, a marvelous character, loves his people, absolutely loves his people. And the parish was amazingly active. It had a full time employee working with social concerns. In fact, I think it had one and a half employees, a big school, a lot of action, um, producing vocations for the priesthood, um, caring about the poor, very involved in homeless projects within not just Sugarland but Fort Bend County. Um, so they were two wonderful parishes to gain experience in and sample before taking over the pastorate of uh, St. Teresa's in 2006. Let's talk for a moment, though, and you were so good about the church. Let's talk about the church before pandemic. Uh, your own parish, my, our own parish of St. Teresa's, had so much going and doing so many things, uh, developing our own sense of uh, uh, lessons and classes and so Catholic social teaching, uh, beginning to really focus on what does social justice look like in 20. 20, in 2019, 2020, uh, and then the pandemic came. And the pandemic has really caused all of us to pivot, caused all of us to get very creative in our programming and our thinking uh, and adapt well, not only with the liturgies that we, we do online, but with all the other comforting words uh, through the many uh, newsletters and thoughtful comments that you, you print every week. Uh, it is a different world. And in that world, we have seen some pluses and minuses about how we as a people, as human beings, and particularly as Catholics, are responding. Could you speak to us a little bit about how you see this, this environment now in the middle of, of, of this pandemic? Well, in some ways, coming to St. Teresa's from to St. Vincent's, a very large, very um, dynamic parish, St. Lawrence, bigger still, and so much going on. I suppose I came here, and I think I probably said this, and I've said it several times, I didn't come here to make this the busiest parish in the diocese. Um, because I did want it to be a place that, that, of course, there would be action, and obviously we want to respond to people's needs, but I don't want so much to be focused on the church or the physical church building that certain parishioners are here five nights a week. You know, I'm, I'm very happy when parishioners are here 
meeting with the larger community on a Sunday at um, what was then five masses over a weekend. That's changed with COVID. But I would say I would want people to be involved perhaps in one um, apostolate during the week. But I wanted to teach people, help people to do what they do most of their life um, in their family or their families and in their places of employment and how we can help people to realize that God's work is there, whatever it is, whether it's in a business, industry, commerce, um, whatever activity we're engaged in as, as breadwinners, seeing those engagements and those relationships and network as also being work for God. So how do we do that with the heart of Christ and how do that, you know, making sure we're doing it in a godly way. So God isn't just for Sunday and then we can put him, you know, away till another, till the next Sunday, but making sure what we hear. And John Paul the uh, second, St. John Paul the second said how important the words were at the end of mass when the deacon sends us forth. And in the old rite, it used to be go in peace to love and serve the Lord. So, so my hope was that what people hear here and experience here and a sense of God and a sense of justice, they will take out into their daily work. So it's not something special that's added on, but it's intrinsic to everything people do. But then when the pandemic came, when we were told in early March that we were going to close, and I remember saying to somebody, oh, we'll never close the churches. Oh, I had to eat those words. Within days, we had to close the church. And what saddens me, kind of even more than the, the masses being suspended, was even the doors to the church for people to come and pray quietly the doors were closed. And I really, my heart really ached because being on the edge of the park, we have people coming in and out all day. I see people coming in at certain times each day to pray quietly. They're not looking to have a conversation with anybody. There's people come in on Thursday when we have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament and people come to play in front of Jesus Eucharist. Um, so that saddened me. That a place of prayer, a place of quiet, was closed. And, and we really wouldn't have had people coming in droves. It would, we, we don't during the week, except on Sunday Masses. So that, that saddened me. But when we did have Masses, um, originally we screened, we, we, we videoed Masses and we presented them on the weekend. And we were in a really good position to communicate really very effectively because it was all there. There was a few things we had to get to tweak. In this divided time we're in, uh, as a nation, as a state, as a city, as even a church in some ways, uh, with all this going on around us in social, economic, and political realities, the church has always been very good at speaking to these issues because we are grounded in something called Catholic social teaching. And if you would, just a moment, tell us what your thoughts of, or rather, on how Catholic social teaching keeps us really grounded 
uh, as you as humans, as Catholics uh, in our common humanity, understand that we're all in this together and how important it is for us, particularly on this other side of pandemic, in a post-pandemic world, when we start having interactions with each other again, when we start engaging with each other's face-to-face again, how important these dialogues and these civic and civil conversations are going to be to kind of make sense of the rest of the world that we're going through and kind of I refer to always as post-George Floyd reality of where we are as a people. Well, I go back to the gospel. The gospels are full gospels. They, they tell us about the life of Jesus. They have his, his teaching and uh, the gospel of John from, I think it's 15 or chapter 15 or 17 onwards. It's the priestly prayer of Christ. And the prayer is, may they all be one as you father one and I'm in you and you in me. So trying to describe the, the that which can't be described, the mystery of God, but, but trying to describe it and acknowledging that what we're working towards is unity. We're not working to make, to, to, to make everybody like us. We're, we're attempting to realize that there's so much that unites us anyway. You don't, you don't have to talk to some a stranger for long to realize you have things in common. And my, my, one of my favorite stories is, as a young priest, I had got the boat over to um, Belgium, going on vacation. And there was a very large queue at the um, cafeteria. So I thought, oh, I can't be bothered to wait. So I sat down at the table with this dark man of dark complexion. Um, he was from Iran, big, thick black hair. And we engaged and he offered me some food. And being British, we were told to say, no, thank you. You know, even if we're hungry. So then I realized saying no from his culture is really an insult, refusing food. So I said, yes, I'd love some of your food. So he shared his food. He told me he was a student in Durham University in England, which is in the far north. And this was probably 1979 or 1980, shortly after the overthrow of the Shah of Iran. And he told me he was in Durham. And I said, oh, I went to a seminary in Durham, Osho College. And he said, oh, I live in Langley Park, which is next door to Osho Moor. And so this absolutely total stranger who graciously offered me his food, let me in a little bit to his world. And I'd, I'd met Iranians in Manchester um, because the university there received quite a few and I, some of our parishioners married Iranians. So those are just two occasions. That, that one occasion in particular is something I look back on. And if we can actually just slow down and instead of be fearful of a stranger, to think of them as a brother, a sister. And if dialogue does continue, then we will be creating a better world. We will be acknowledging that these so-called differences do not have to divide us. And surely the name of Christ and uh, uh, the the gift he left the world, which is his teaching, his, his body and blood, 
his example, he, he, it was always the religious people he had problems with. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't and the woman, the, the, the character who comes out best of all in the story of the Good Samaritan is a foreigner. You know, somebody who was despised. And yet that was the one who took this man, he'll bandage his wounds, to, took him to a hospice to be cared for, and said, look here, if he needs more money, if it costs more money to look after him, I'll pay that when I'm back on, when I'm passing this way next time. So there's so much that's in the scripture that if we could apply it to our interactions today, the respect of all people, then I think that would go a heck of a long way to, to, to bringing about peace and justice. Amen on that. Before we run your impressions on something, first of all, I want to thank you for your great support uh, of the work of the Mayor's Task Force on Policing Reform. I chair that task force and we've been able to use the facilities there at St. Teresa's for some of our meeting. I really appreciate that. You've had a chance recently to meet our new police chief, uh, Troy Finner. Just wanted to get your first impressions uh, of the chief as you sat in with us in that wonderful meeting the other day. And so glad you were able to participate uh, because this issue is going to be the issue going forward. Uh, in fact, coming up this week, uh, 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 there will be a major announcements of the implementation of many of the recommendations from the task force. Uh, and it is a ongoing living reading document. Uh, and we are very happy and proud that we're beginning to move the needle. Uh, but first impressions are always important in any field and any work. And so I just wanted to get yours concerning our new chief. Well, I was cut off a little, cut off God somewhat because I just come from a funeral and there was Larry larger than life. And I had got the dates muddled up, which is not unusual for me. And so it wasn't until after the meeting, I thought of, because the, um, the, 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 the G, new chief of police did give me his card. And only later I thought, I'm not sure he was the chief of police because he was so unassuming. He didn't appear to come in with sort of an entourage. He didn't seem to come in with any agenda. He just came in as one of the group. And so I looked him up and I thought, oh, it is him. And so there was something joyful about having somebody take over that such an important role that's been part of the police force for a long time and obviously has great passion for what he does and wanting to do something different, knowing that something different has to happen. And having him there and this this top policeman in, in this city was wonderful. And I was very, very honored that we could welcome him and your committee again to St. Teresa. So that, that really was, it overjoyed, I was overjoyed to think that, wow, meeting him and he's got this wonderful task, an enormous task, and I hope we can support him as a parish. Thank you, Father Phil. Uh, fortunately, we're out of time. You and I could go at this for another hour as we have many, many times sitting and talking with each other. I just want to welcome anyone who has not been to our, uh, St. Teresa's Catholic Church Memorial Park. Please come visit us. Please come worship with us. Uh, Saturday evening at 5, 10 o'clock on, on Sunday morning and 5.30 on Sunday evening. 
we would love to have you join us. Uh, it is a wonderful work in progress as all things are in the growth and development of us as human beings. The church nourishes us, it supports us, undergirds us, and gives us what we need uh, to be the type of human beings in service to other human beings in our common humanity. And so we're so glad in conjunction with the University of St. Thomas to be able to bring you for such a time as this uh, every week and to focus on wonderful people doing great things in our city, in our diocese, in our communities, uh, and we will continue to do so. Uh, so until next time we're together, please everyone stay well, be safe, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Father Thank Phil, you, very much. Take care.